You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. I am your host, Isaac Watson, and uh, I'm excited to be able to speak to you all today. It's been quite a while since I have done an episode. It's, it's been a few months or so, um, but I did want to be able to come on today and talk to you all. There's been a lot going on in my world. Um, the most recent thing is my wife and I just welcomed our new son uh, into uh, this world. So as you can uh, probably guess, our uh, time has been very occupied. <laughs> um, but I did want to get on today. There's been a lot of people reaching out saying, Isaac, when are you going to get back and do another episode? Um, we miss you on Church Talk with Isaac. Um, many people that, that listen in week after week. And even though I haven't been on, ironically, there's been a lot of new uh, listeners to Church Talk with Isaac that have been listening in um, every week still. So I appreciate all of you. I appreciate those of you who have uh, listened to my previous episodes. If this is your first time uh, listening to Church Talk with Isaac, you can go back. I have about 80 episodes, um, including this one that you can go back and that you can listen to and listen through um, that I have uh, done throughout the past couple years or so. So, again, I'm excited. Do me a favor. If you have not. Go ahead. If you've listened to Church Talk with Isaac, if you enjoy this podcast, do me a favor and go uh, subscribe as well as write a review and rate Church Talk with Isaac. I still want to get my ratings up and I want to uh, I want to keep this platform uh, active and alive. I'm, I'm going to get on more frequently to allow um, myself to present more topics. Uh, so I would also like to hear some topics that you would like to send in to me as well. All right, let me go ahead. I want to jump into this topic today. And uh, this is one that I've had a few people reach out to me and say that they want me to cover. And uh, so I'm going to do that today. I'm going to talk about the benefits and dangers of deconstruction, the benefits and dangers of deconstruction. Now, there may be some of you that may, that may be listening and you may say, I've never even heard the term deconstruct, deconstruction, deconstructionism or deconstructionist. I've never heard these terms before. What does this mean and why is this important uh, for you to cover today? And uh, this is a term, quite honestly, that has uh, become more popular as of the last several years or so. And the idea or the concept of deconstruction or deconstructionism, although it's becoming more popular, is not really a new concept. As a matter of fact, any apologist, any exegetist has been doing this. They've been deconstructing. You, you, you have to deconstruct if you are to come to, to levels of truth in what you believe or the thing that you are examining. So I've even discovered that as a seeker of truth, any seeker of truth has been deconstructing. I've realized that I've been doing it over and over again for the past 17 years and my beliefs and my theology and my paradigms have been constantly evolving over time because of this and because of my desire to know the truth. Jesus said it this way. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So I want to begin uh, this episode uh, talking about deconstruction. And the first thing I want to do is I want to define it. Now, deconstruction takes place in many different walks of life. But what I'm going to emphasize on today is biblical or faith deconstruction, biblical deconstruction. Let me define deconstruction for you. Deconstruction is when you pull apart a belief system 
in order to examine it. Deconstruction is also defined as taking apart an, an idea or the taking apart of an idea, a practice, a tradition, a belief or a system into smaller components in order to examine their foundation, truthfulness, usefulness and impact. So this is something um, that we do over and over again as we try to get back to the closest idea of what Jesus has intended for his church. So what I want to do today is I want to begin this episode by saying that I do not believe deconstruction within itself is wrong or bad. I simply believe that you have to be able to discern the motive or the origin of your journey in deconstruction. Now I say that because the why of your deconstruction has to always be in question. It's great. You know, people are deconstructing and some people may say this is great. People are deconstructing their faith. They're deconstructing what they believe. But but my thing is, is not always great because when you give someone um, a charge to take something apart that they do not fully understand, they do not have a full grasp, even on their faith and what they do believe, you put them in a position to shipwreck. You put them potentially in a position to ultimately abandon their faith. So now what we see are many people that are leaving the faith. They're leaving the church. They're leaving spirituality. They're leaving Christianity. They're leaving the ways of Christ. They're becoming agnostic. They're becoming atheists. And they're doing these things because they were encouraged to deconstruct something without having a firm foundation on what they do believe. So the why of your deconstruction has to always be in question. Otherwise, you're going to begin a journey that will potentially hijack your faith altogether and leave you spiritually lethargic. Now, because it's not all bad, if you are seeking truth in order to deepen your faith, that's actually a good thing. That's a good reason. That's a good reason to deconstruct. No one wants to be deceived. Nobody should, should want to deceive anybody else. And every believer should want to be able to express their faith in its most pure and authentic form. And most times that is going to take, that is going to require the examination and re-examination of what you have built and established your faith upon. You have to look at what it is you believe many times and take it apart in order to examine the components of what you say believe because of what you say you believe, because there may be some things within that formula, within um, um, that idea, within that system that you may find. Hey, this is this was never the original. This was never the original intent. This is actually something that tradition, that religion, that control, that 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 abusive systems have put into place. Um, and these are things that we quite honestly do not need. Whereas these, whereas examining other components of it, you may say, but these are things that I believe can be helpful and can be uh, uh, useful. So I do believe that there are good reasons to examine what it is that you believe, to take it apart and to examine it and to put it back together. There are good reasons to do this. You should be encouraged to study. You should be encouraged to ask hard questions. And one of the things that I have found out about many deconstructionists is their alt against the church 
is that the church does not allow them to ask the hard questions. Um, when the fact of the matter is that you should be encouraged to ask hard questions, to reason together. Um, and when you are not given space to do that, it does give off the impression that the space that you are supposed to be learning and growing in is not really a space for you to learn and grow. It's a it's a space for you to be controlled and for you to be told how you should think without instead of excuse me, instead of teaching you how to think on your own. So this is very, very important. You got to look at the why of your deconstruction. Um, Acts chapter 17. Let me give you some scripture. Verses 10 and 11 says this. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were uh, these were more fair minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So what we actually find out here is that uh, it was actually a good thing that they researched, that they studied, that they weighed the scriptures daily to find out what it what what Paul and Silas were presenting to them was true. In other words, they were not just supposed to take Paul and Silas at their word. They were encouraged to go and to research, to study, to compare, to look at and to determine whether or not this is something that they should be following. Um, another scripture in first Peter, chapter three, verse 15, it says this. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So in other words, we should also be able to give a defense of what we believe or defense for what we believe in. And uh, to be honest, you cannot do that if you are unsure of what you believe, which is why you have to know before you start examining and trying to figure out what you don't believe, it's imperative that you understand and know and have a found grasp on what you do believe. Now, I believe it's dangerous to begin a journey of intentional biblical deconstruction if you don't understand the basics about the Bible. All right. It, and the reason why I say that is because it'll be easy to draw conclusions about the Bible based upon assumed meanings and thoughts about the Bible. So if you assume something about the Bible or you assume something about God or you assume something about the Old Testament or you assume something about the New Testament, about Jesus, about the church without actually knowing that thing. Now you want to challenge the thought that you assumed, for example, you assumed that God uh, wasn't just or you assumed that God uh, wasn't fair that or or how about things that may be a bit more complicated to understand. You assumed that God may have gave, uh, let's say, Miriam leprosy or you assumed that God killed uh, Ananias and Sapphira. And those are I mean, if we can we can go there. We're not in this episode, but there's nowhere in scripture that says that God killed them. But the point is that we assume many things about the Bible and we disagree with our assumption and not necessarily what the scriptures actually say, what the scriptures actually meant. So now we're trying to debunk. There are many people that are that are deconstructing their faith and that are leaving the faith because instead of deconstructing their faith, they're deconstructing their opinion or their personal observation of a thing without really understanding what it actually meant or what it actually said. So it's very important that you understand what it is that you believe before you try to uh, deconstruct 
what you don't believe. The Bible is not a children's book. And one of the things that we have to grow and that we have to learn to understand is that in order to understand the Bible, you need teachers. You just can't put the Bible in someone's hands and expect them to understand it. You need teachers. And sadly, sadly, the church has not done a good job at creating spaces for people to ask questions. So some of the reasons why people are deconstructing are because let me let me give you two reasons. Number one, because they're not allowed to ask questions and they're not allowed to have doubts. So many people begin to detox and they begin to deconstruct because they see that something is not right about this. How am I in something or part of something that I'm not allowed to ask questions and I'm not allowed uh, and I'm not allowed to have doubts about I, you. And let me say this. You should be able to bring your doubts. You should be able to bring your questions to leaders within the church community. And it should be an open forum to where you they should be able to address your questions. And even if they do not know the answer, pride tries to shut it down. But a, but a humble spirit says, hey, look, I don't know. Let me research it myself. Let me go and let me find the answers for you. Or, hey, let's try to walk through this together and try to discover the solution or the answer to the questions that you're asking and uh, creating a space for that type of interaction. So because that's not happening in a lot of churches now throughout this 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 episode, I've said the church a lot. But let me clarify, because there's a difference between the church and a church or there's a there's a, there's a difference between your experience with church and God's intention for his church. And many times we throw out the baby with the bathwater and we leave the church altogether because of our experience with a church or with a type of church or church system. And uh, I want you all to be able to reexamine even your reasonings behind that. All right. Number two, many people are deconstructing uh, in response to deeply personal pain uh, to what we call church hurt. Uh, So in other words, when there has been abuse, when there has been neglect or rejection within the church context, many people honestly struggle to separate their personal unbiblical traumas within a church context from legitimate teachings of Christ and new covenant doctrine. So your experience, you say this pastor hurt me. So all pastors hurt people. Or you say, um, um, all there is within this church context are drunkards and fornicators and liars and thieves and greedy people. So every church is like that. I need to remove myself from the church because apparently all of them are the same. Well, the fact of the matter is that's not the truth. When Christian leaders and when just people, believers within the church betray you, when they harm you, when they fail you, it can leave a lasting negative impression on you. It can leave a sense of heartache to you. It can leave a sense of embarrassment, depending on the extent of your involvement um, within that ministry. Sometimes not even the involvement. Sometimes you can be embarrassed for simply being a part of it. And one of the things that we have to understand is that some people are responding to these negative experiences from church hurt by abandoning or disregarding doctrines, beliefs, and teachings. When the fact of the matter is that for, for, for some of you, let me say this, uh, for some of you, 
it wasn't the church that hurt you. It was an individual that had a control issue or that was abusive or that was insecure that hurt you. Now, on the other end, I do believe that there are systems that are toxic and within these abusive, toxic systems, they can cause damage, trauma, um, 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 wounds, uh, uh, religious trauma to many people. Uh, and, in, and in both cases, there still has to be um, an ability to be able to separate the two. Not being able to separate a church from the church leads many people to deconstruction. What people have made the church to be is not the same as what God's original design and intention for his church is. And you have to be able to separate the two of them. If you don't, if your deconstruction, hear me, is rooted in, 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 in pain, if it's rooted in in church hurt, church trauma, uh, if, if, if it's rooted in disappointment or embarrassment, um, then there are many people. I'm not saying everybody, because sometimes pain can awaken you to realize how bad something actually is, and it can provoke you to make certain changes in your life. So it's not for everyone, but for some people, when you try to deconstruct, and that is the basis of your deconstruction, you you can find yourself detoxing yourself and disassociating and detaching yourself from the church altogether because you have not been able to separate what man has made and what man has used scripture to look like and have used scripture to mean and have said, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, all the Bible is used for is to create slaves and to oppress women and. Um, uh, to create systems of control and to and to be greedy and all and 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 you talk about all the things that people have made the church and have made the Bible and have made Christianity represent and you can't separate that from what God actually intended for the church to be then your deconstruction may lead you to a place where you're not deconstructing anymore but instead you are demolishing and we don't want to demolish our faith there's a big difference from taking something apart, examining it in order to put something together that's more authentic and demolishing or completely tearing it down and getting rid of it all together. There's a big difference. All right. Now, let me let me tell you uh, some reasons why I believe you should um, deconstruct. And I think it's a natural process, again, for those who are who have a Berean heart. For those who desire truth, who want to live out an authentic Christian life or a Christ-like life. Um, now, time is getting past me. So what I want to do is I want to look at really quickly. I want to look at properly deconstructing, how to properly deconstruct. And again, I said this earlier, but you have to be sure of what you do believe before exploring what you don't believe. So a part of that is looking at primary doctrine versus secondary doctrine. Jesus is primary doctrine for believers. Everybody, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you have to agree on Jesus. He is perfect theology. He is the son of God. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is eternal. He is God in flesh. He, um, Emmanuel, which means God uh, in man, just not God with us, but God in man. 
um, and and when we when we examine that as a primary doctrine, one of the things before we start taking apart things regarding Christianity, we have to have our basis on what we do believe and what we do stand on. So if Jesus is primary doctrine, if Jesus uh, is perfect theology, then what that also means is that what Jesus says is true. How Jesus sees is true. What he believes is right. He is the perfect representative of God. He's the perfect representative of the image of God. He's the perfect representative of the nature of God. He was, you know, he's the resurrected king of kings. If we have that basis of who Jesus is, the son of God, no one can be saved except through him. Right. If we have that basis as believers. Now, if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, if you got some other doctrines that says that Jesus is a way and not the way. And he is a door, not the door. He is a shepherd and not the shepherd and all of those different types of things. I'm not talking to you. All right. Um, I'm talking to people who believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, the light. I'm talking to these people, right? If he is your primary doctrine, he has to be the thing that holds everything else that you believe together, right? And then, we, and, and then after having that foundation for the primary doctrine or belief, then you can start looking at secondary doctrines, um, secondary beliefs, uh, you know, beliefs of what you, you know, what you believe about demons, what you believe about the prophetic, what you believe about um, uh, uh, angels, what you believe about the supernatural, what you believe about baptism, what you you know. So these are what we consider secondary beliefs. These are what we consider secondary teachings and things that regardless of your background, you don't necessarily have to agree 100 percent on all of these things in order to be saved or in order to have everlasting life, right? So the goal is to align our beliefs with Jesus's beliefs through relationship, aligning our hearts with his and gaining the mind of Christ. This is, I believe, the intention. This is the way to deconstruct if what you're concluding to opposes what Jesus has said, what Jesus believes, what Jesus demonstrated in context, then it's only right as a believer of Jesus Christ to say what I actually believe does not line up with proper or right doctrine. Any deconstruction that does not line up any deconstruction that isn't rooted in this purpose has the potential of leading you astray into falsehood, into delusion and into heresy. The goal of deconstruction is Christ likeness for the believer, period. The goal of salvation is not getting to heaven. The goal of salvation is Christ likeness, period. So one of the one of the reasons why even uh, when we look at uh, like uh, next generation, Gen Z uh, generation, even millennial generations, uh, one of the reasons why there's so many people that are leaving the faith is because many of them are deconstructing without discipleship. You cannot deconstruct. Well, you can you can deconstruct without discipleship. But because the Bible is not a children's book, you're leaving a ancient book in the hands of children 
And now you want them to try to figure it out on their own when that is not the way of Jesus. Jesus began his ministry. Come on. By gathering disciples. He didn't say here, this is what I want you to teach. Go figure it out. He laid a foundation for them. He taught them. He demonstrated. He showed them. He allowed them to ask him questions. He presented parables to them. Hear me. He did all of these things for them. And he did it because he understood that in order for them to have a firm foundation, a right grasp, a, a right foundation on what it is that uh, that they ought to believe, they have to have someone who was discipling them. And even then, after Jesus died, after he was resurrected, there were things that they were still having to work through that the spirit of God had to lead them and guide them through that. Jesus told them, look, I'm leaving you, but I'm going to give you a helper. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. And when he comes, he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. So they still needed a, a guide to help them work out their doctrine, help them work out their theology, help them work out their message, their gospel. Um, so we all need discipleship. We all need someone to help walk us uh, through our process or even people that we can run our ideas through to make sure that we are not going too far left or too far right. The reason why people don't like that is because people do not like accountability. They don't. They want to think what they want to think. They want to say what they want to say. They want to do all of these things. They want to deconstruct without any accountability. And the thing with this is, and the reason why this can be abusive is because deconstruction almost always means adopting views that are palatable to the unbelieving world for people who do not have a firm foundation. So deconstruction in many cases leads you more towards your comfort zone than it does Christ conformity being transformed by the renewing of your mind conformed into the image of christ think about it most deconstructionists they lean more towards what they feel like is right what they feel like makes more sense but my question to you is what they feel like love actually looks like but my question to you is have you deconstructed your idea of love by being able to determine what god actually says about love Versus what your feelings tell you about love. All right. All right, you all. So everyone is not deconstructing because they want to hear theology that makes them feel good. Some people do. Not everyone. Many people are deconstructing because most churches have forgotten the core principles of Jesus's ministry. So we have to get back. I don't even want to say most churches, many churches, but we have to get back to understanding the principles of Christ, understanding the heart of Jesus Christ, understanding what God's intention was for the bride of Jesus, for the church. And we have to begin to implement those spiritual principles and that culture um, that Jesus intended to implement the Jesus culture within the church so that we can live out the life of Christ. Sometimes that takes deconstruction. Sometimes we have to be able to examine and look at what it is that we actually believe. So the goal of deconstruction must be authenticating the ministry of Jesus for the believer and not discrediting the ministry of Jesus Christ. If you are deconstructing with that goal in mind and if you're and if you're doing it in a within a space to where um, you're able to deconstruct in a healthy, mature way where you have accountability, where people are helping you. If you're in a space now 
where 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 you you're in a church or in a faith or whatever where people do not want to answer your questions they they criticize you for asking questions they make you feel like the eyeball like you're the troublemaker and all of those things let me tell you there are plenty of spaces that will that will allow you to ask questions don't throw out the entire church find one that allows you to ask the right questions find one that allows you to heal that 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 knows what your journey looked like that embraces uh, your journey and that accepts you um, as you are um, in order for you to walk out your healing process every church is not the enemy it's not a us versus them so we have to be able to understand this and find a community find a I believe a church community um, where um, where you can learn where you can grow where you can deconstruct uh, safely uh, and 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 uh, where you can come into uh, conclusions that I believe will be most beneficial for you and uh, for your experience with Jesus Christ. I believe that you can do that. Um, if you're deconstructing for the wrong reasons, it's time to go re-examine that. All right, listen, I've been on here for a good while today. I hope that this episode today really benefited you. I hope that it helped you. Um, I'm going to be releasing more episodes again. Um, follow me if you don't on Church Talk with Isaac. And uh, you can also uh, visit my website, IsaacWatsonMinistries.com. If you want to have any uh, topics that you'd like me to cover, you can just leave them. Uh, send me a message and I will uh, if I can get around to it, I'll get around to it. And uh, I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts. All right. Listen, I love you all. Thank you for rocking with me. I pray you all have a great week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.